Solara Star is a UK-based advanced law of attraction teacher trainer, coach, public speaker, and leading wellness expert. She will share life-changing wisdom about the law of attraction and how you can use this powerful universal law to build a foundation for bigger and bolder manifesting results. It is time to create the life you deserve, and with Solara's help, you will. And a very, very warm welcome to Manifesting Made Easy with myself, Solara Starr. I love nothing more than helping you master your manifestations and, of course, your life. So no more chasing, no more forcing. It's time, my friends, to own your power and unleash that lovely master manifester within you. So, of course, every episode we explore a different aspect and component of the law of attraction. And bit by bit, we can slowly start to piece together the wisdom, the tips, the tools, and align our energy in order to make manifestations work. Which brings me on to the topic of today's show is what happens when your manifestations don't work. And I have a very, very special guest with me today, a friend of mine, Jonathan, who I met a good couple of years ago. And we have such interesting and thought-provoking conversations. And I think, oh my God, we need to share this with you guys. So we decided to do a show together. Very warm welcome, Jonathan. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. It's so lovely to have you here. Tell us a little bit about you, just so that listener knows a little bit about who this wonderful Jonathan is. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm a, a yoga teacher trainer, so I've been training people to be yoga teachers for just over a decade now. Um, but I've been studying the law of attraction um, and manifesting techniques for ooh, the best part of two decades. And I'm also a, a law of attraction coach. And I did my amazing law of attraction coach teach training with you. So I've had a fantastic foundation in all things manifesting. Oh, and I tell you what, you know, sometimes when we have these conversations, they're so mind blowing. And I think, right, we really need to make some notes in order to share this, because when it comes to manifesting, um, annoyingly, one size doesn't fit all. And everybody has their own very own unique energy signature that they can put into manifestations to make them work. So even though we've got all these wonderful principles, it is a little bit about trial and error, Jonathan, as well, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. It, it's it's finding something that works for you. And sometimes you can find something that works for you and then it stops working for you. So you have to try something else. It's like you said, it's never a one size fits all, but it's also not something that works all the time equally and evenly. Oh, I know. And even that in itself is a bit discombobulating, isn't it? So um, so it really is. <laughs> we were having a little chat, weren't we, beforehand, and we were talking, you know, going over quite a few different topics of conversation. So this could potentially be a two-show um, sharing. But we were talking, first of all, and, and you raised a really, really good point about, I mean, I call it being in a bit of a waiting pool, being in a bit of a waiting room. But what you shared was so profound. Would you mind sharing that with the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes we can really really want something and we want that thing so that we're able to do something else so for example maybe wanting a car so we can travel to a particular place but we become so focused on the thing that we think we need to get to that place that we actually forget about taking other steps to get there so I might be wanting to travel to a different city, but I'm waiting for this car. So I don't start looking at, oh, well, maybe in the meantime, I can take the train to get there or I can go another way. 
And we just get so focused on that one thing that we think we need that we remain in this perpetual state of waiting for something to happen rather than moving towards it. Rather than taking action. And what I love about what you're saying then as well is, you know, energetically, everything works on energy and frequency. So if mm-hmm. we're waiting for something in order to achieve something, the energetic signature and frequency we're sending out at that space and time is an energy of waiting. Of course, with the law of attraction, like energy attracts like energy. And if we are sending a frequency out of waiting, the universe is going to send a matching frequency back and give us more to wait for, right? Absolutely. And it's almost like we we, we turn our back because because to the universe because the universe is always constantly sending us signals and messages and little insights but we can we can kind of close our minds become blinkered by thinking no this is the thing that's going to get me there and the universe might be tapping on the back saying well actually if you go this way and take this then you're going to get there quicker be like no 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 this is the way this is the way so yes we're going to block it ourselves unintentionally of course Oh, totally unintentional. I think you've hit on a really great subject there as well. And a great reminder for newbie manifestors, for master manifestors in the making is it's not our job to figure out how something is going to happen. Our job is just to hold the vision and enjoy living our life in the meantime. And then our manifestations come with a lot more ease and a lot more grace. I remember when I really wanted to manifest a beautiful new home. I had a lovely home, but I wanted something bigger with a bit more land. And every single day, well, every single night when I climbed into bed, I pretended that I was in that bed, but I carried on living my life and, you know, really enjoying the sound of the birds and, and, you know, spending time with my family and just really getting on with it, which was just absolutely beautiful. And I never, ever worried about how this was going to happen. Although looking back, I, I kind of in my monkey mind, if you like, would have had every reason to worry about how this is going to happen because the house that I was dreaming that I was in was way on a completely different level to where I was. But I just carried on thinking, you know what? It's not my job to figure out the how. It's the universe's job to work out the how. My job is to just hold the vision. And anyway, it did happen, manifested something way bigger and way better than I could ever have imagined. And in a way that would I would never, ever have thought of it happening. So I think that that's a great, so reminder number one is keep living your life and just keep enjoying it. And uh, how would you say reminder number one would be? And then I'll go on to reminder number two. Oh, I, I think, I think absolutely reminder number one is, is amazing. It's just to enjoy your life and to, I think also in that is to have some trust, to actually trust that it's going to happen. And I think when we start to micromanage and say, it's got to happen in steps one two and three exactly like this it's because we don't trust we don't trust it's going to happen but if we can trust and let go and enjoy and just know that it's going to come in the best way possible we'll actually be able to manifest it a lot quicker than if we try and figure it all out i love that and you've hit on something really important there jonathan as well which i want to uh, I want to come back to a really beautiful technique that can help with just that. Um, but secondly, just remember, it's not your job to figure out how. It's the universe's job to move all the cogs in your life in order to bring your manifest manifestation to you. If it's for the highest good of all, of course. And we like to say the highest good of all or not at all because we don't want somebody else being harmed by us getting what it is that we want. But also trusting and saying to the universe, you see that universe I would love that house. I would love that car. I'd love that X, Y, and Z. But if you've got something better for me, then I would have that instead. 
But coming back onto what you were saying there about trust, I think this is really beautiful. It's not always easy thing to do, Jonathan, is it? Because a lot of the time, the reason why we don't trust is because we don't have that, if you like, uh, the trust as a downloadable energetic program that is already running within our frequency. Many of us have led lives where there's been a lot of strife, there's been a lot of struggle, there's been a lot of instability, there's been a lot of insecurity. So going into trust isn't something that we can just do. It's something that we learn to cultivate over time. And that's through doing some of the deeper energetic work, which we'll get onto. But one thing that I found very, very helpful is when I say, you know what, I'm so fed up of pushing, I'm so fed up of forcing, just for today, I'm going to completely trust that the universe has my back, I'm going to go th- throw caution to the wind and just enjoy every single moment. So just for today, I'm going to trust that the universe has my back. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I absolutely love that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think you're absolutely spot on about all of that, it, it is really challenging to sometimes cultivate trust, particularly when we've got a history and an experience of where we haven't felt supported, where um, we have trusted maybe in certain things and certain people and that trust hasn't been rewarded or, or things have gone wrong. Um, and I think to, to break it down and make it smaller, as you say, and to say, just for today, I'm going to trust that things are working out. Or even even if if the word trust can can trigger, if you just say just for to say I'm going to surrender and let everything take care of itself, is uh, is a, is, a, is a really great stepping stone to begin cultivating that attitude of trust. Yes, and I and I really love that, and I think the stepping stones is good and using words that you know feel light and easy. Um, for you. So I think that that, that's really good as well. So when it comes to things like the trust, I think it it brings us on to another really important point, why manifestations don't work. And a lot of the time through my own experience, I'd be very interested to know what your thoughts are on this. It's because a lot of the time there isn't something deeper work. um, We haven't done any of the deeper work, if I can get my words out. Now, what I mean by that is, is we we are wanting to create this beautiful vision of our life where, you know, we have everything. We have the, the, the job that lights us up. We have the family, we have the car, we have the house, we have the holidays, whatever it might be. We have the peace and the freedom inside. But the underlying program, the subconscious program that is running is not in alignment with our desired vision. So it doesn't matter how many affirmations we say, how many visualizations we do, if the core program that is running has limiting beliefs, insecurities, and fears, all we're ever really doing is trying, and I emphasize the word trying, trying to create something almost as a way of avoiding some kind of disaster happening. So we're never really stepping into a true space of creation, which is just coming from fun and flow and the absolute love of creation because there's the underlying fear driving our manifestations to try and stop something else from happening. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think you've hit on some on a, on a real key point there, particularly when we, when we find that affirmations and visualizations aren't working for us, because sometimes when we're affirming for something that we don't have and we have a subconscious pattern that prevents us from getting it, affirming that we have it can very often even strengthen that subconscious uh, pattern of not having it. 
So I think in, in, in cases like that, when something's not been happening for a, lot, for a long while, for you, we have to actually just sit with it for a moment and, and kind of investigate and prod around and say, well, actually, are my, manif- are my affirmations helping right now? Is visualizing this making me feel better? Why? What is there to learn in this situation? Is there something within not having this thing that I want that I can investigate and see, is there something I can take from this, first of all? Is there a lesson maybe that the universe wants me to learn first of all yeah and i love i love the way you're saying that because everything is an opportunity for growth and everything is an unlocking of some kind of special gift whether it be compassion or certainty or faith or trust or there's something so everything is a learning process and a learning cycle yes so I think Absolutely. like hitting on the point where you're saying about the affirmations, we wouldn't have to affirm something if we already had it. So say, for example, when I used to say, I am a money magnet. <laughs> and actually, you know, that was coming from a place of really almost desperately trying to create, uh, you know, that frequency of money or attract money into my life. But actually underneath it, the driver it was coming from was the lack of not having enough. And the energy I was then putting into the affirmation was feeding that unintentionally even more. So even though affirmations are powerful and absolutely can help to re um, you create new neurological pathways in your brain, they can also then, like you said, and I love the way you hit on that, it can trigger something inside and remind you that you actually haven't got that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because because part of your your, your conscious mind, I've, I've said affirmations before, and part of my subconscious mind has been going, Jonathan, you're a liar. You don't have all that money. And you're like, no, shut up. I do, I do, I do. And you're kind of getting this little tug of war with, with your own mind. And I've, when I've worked with some affirmations, I've, I've tried reframing them. And what I found really successful on a couple of occasions was if I dropped the I am and I just held the word. So for example, I had a, um, an affirmation, which was, I am wealthy, I am healthy, I am successful. And I found the more that I was saying it, the less healthy I was feeling, the less wealthy I was feeling, the less successful I was feeling. So I dropped the I am just to investigate what the actual words felt like for me. So I just repeated in my head, health, wealth, and success. I just noticed how it landed in my body if I had any particular physical or emotional reaction to it. And what I found was that the words landed much more softly and I started to enjoy saying them. And after a week of just saying, health, wealth, and success to myself, I actually began to feel a lot healthier, a lot wealthier, a lot more successful, and started to generate things in my experiences that reflected those three words back to me. And that's such a beautiful technique. And I think that's really great because that's kind of like intuitive manifesting. And this is what I mean about one size doesn't fit all. And how can I adapt and and feel into or lean into these words in a way that they feel much more comfortable for me? You know, some people, and you'll remember this from the Law of Attraction teacher training, is, is teaching the bridging statement. You know, I am willing to believe that it is possible for me to become a money magnet. I am willing to believe that it is possible for me to become healthy. But then it's a case of looking at, okay, universe, show me what is it that I need to learn and what is it that I need to heal inside of me that will help me to make that manifest with ease and with grace. So it's not something I have to affirm anymore. I become an embodiment of that desire. Oh, absolutely. And I think from doing my teacher 
training with you that was one of the best techniques that I took away from the training this bridging technique I am willing because it has really really helped me because sometimes we're not actually we think we might want a million pounds but on some level we might we might not actually be willing to accept responsibility for such a huge amount of money and all the implications that might have for our our, our life so we have to be in that state of willing to accept something first before we can actually get into full acceptance of it and uh, it's just a, a, a fantastic technique it's really interesting you say that actually and this is what I love because we just bounce off each other you know it's like is it really the million pound that we want or is it the feeling that the million pound will give us so so say for example if I was well I, I did I was lying in my bed visualizing this check flying out the ceiling because that's what the, <laughs> the secret told me just visualize and I thought well okay it's telling me it's going to fly out the ceiling so I imagined this million pound check but as I look back or dollars actually as I look back I think Actually, that was coming from a place because, uh, sorry, it was coming from a place of feeling insecure, unstable, and feeling scared, thinking that that million pound would help me to feel stable and secure. Now, actually, that million pound would never, ever be able to do that. What it might do is, is quench an emotional thirst that I might have, but all it would be is a quick fix because I've never ever dealt with the underlying cause driving me to desire that in the first place. And I was working with a client who has an incredible amount of money, many houses all over the world, uh, owns very successful businesses, and you know the, the, the kids are very well taken care of as well. And this person was really, really worrying constantly about money. And it made me think, you know, it doesn't really matter how much we've got if we don't heal, grow, learn and fix the underlying cause, which is driving all of that, the underlying structure that is driving all of that fear-based creation. It's never, ever going to be enough, ever. Absolutely. And very often you can actually manifest what you want when you're in a place of fear. It, it can happen. And sometimes that fear can get exacerbated and something can happen. So I've known people that have wanted to manifest money and they've been in a, in a, in a feeling of vulnerability or lack and believing that that money is going to bring them some security and some support. And they've manifested the money. And then they've also manifested something else. They've lost the money or they've been robbed or suddenly their health has made them feel vulnerable. And if we don't look at those underlying causes of why we feel like we feel in the first place, which prompts us wanting to want what we want, if we don't look at those things, we're just gonna keep manifesting them or manifest them in a different area of life. Yes, and you just literally keep um, oscillating, if you like, through the, the same kind of um, emotional restrictions and symptoms. It might vary in degree, but we never truly break free from some of those cycles because the underlying structure has not been looked at, tweaked, healed. The growth opportunities haven't haven't been extracted. You know, and that that's a, a really powerful consideration. And what you mentioned there about, uh, you know, when I mentioned about that million pound check, an opportunity came, and albeit there was a million dollar check that did manifest itself into our life at the time. But I tell you what, Jonathan, it was probably one of the, the worst manifestations ever. And listeners will be going, well, why on earth would you say that? I mean, that sounds like an absolute dream come true. It wasn't because our consciousness did not match the frequency of that desire and everything became what I call a disease manifestation. It was very, very difficult to 
manage it soon went and you know left a huge amount of stresses in its wake so i much prefer the organic growth rather than the forced pushing manifestation growth which is coming from the underlying frequency of fear and insecurity and trying to preemptive strike if you like to stop something else from happening which then creates more of dysfunction in a different area like you say so yes the money came but created great great stresses somewhere else yeah definitely and 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 i think that's such an amazing point to make because i think fundamentally when when we really want something i think we have to investigate why and when you ask that question why it will it will show you where you're feeling like so for example just to reference you know um, wanting to manifest a million pounds again so well, why do i want a million pounds what's the reason for it well is it because i want to have more security is it because i want to have a nicer home is it because i don't feel safe in the area that i live in etc cetera, etc cetera. and those feelings of lack not being supported not feeling safe will still remain or maybe even be exacerbated and increase once you get what you want so for example i always wanted um the, the car that I have now, uh, you know, it's a BMW. I, I, I love my car. I really, really wanted it. And, and I did all the techniques and I manifested the car. It was my first car when I passed my driving test. But I was still feeling really insecure about driving. And I kept thinking to myself, I can't believe I've got this car. I can't believe I've got this car. And the wheel came off when I was driving, as you know. Um, unfortunately, I, I was completely okay. But it showed me that Although I'd manifested what I wanted, my dream into my life, I wasn't emotionally or mentally or ready for it quite yet. I'd manifested it too quickly. And then I had to do some catching up with what I'd manifested into my experience. Yes. And I think a lot of this is, is rite of passage stuff, right? So, you know, it's not that either of us were doing anything wrong. We were just learning, you know, these vital um, energetic frequencies, tips, tools, lessons, whatever you want to call them, to help us then reflect. And when we go into manifesting in the future, we can then tweak our own protocol, if you like, to take into account, you know, the things that we've learned in the past, which is what makes us master manifestors. So okay. I love that example. And, and just going on now that you've used that example, and maybe we'll just give one more example before we finish the show, but I'm going to invite you back on, Jonathan, because this has just been absolutely phenomenal. But what you mentioned then about the car is I remember, and I think this goes on to our next point about, you know, many of us aren't specific enough. And this was a bit of a rite of passage for me, because when I first read The Secret 2006, I was absolutely, I was so excited on one hand, you know, a bit pissed off with the universe on the other, because I think <laughs> well, now, now you've bloody well tell me after all these years of pain and strife you know telling me that I'm creating my reality you know like who in the hell do you think you are but anyway on the other hand I was excited so I thought okay and I couldn't wait to kind of put these principles into play and I started working with it straight away and and being a single mum at the time uh, your money was pretty tight and there wasn't really extra I was also in a fair bit of debt and all I could hear like I had a load of washing in and I heard the washing machine just completely clunk out and then my heart sunk because I was just like, I just don't have any money. I had a load of washing that needed doing. And it was just kind of like, it just felt like, you know, something really challenging for me at the time. So I said, okay, universe, right. You know, kind of like challenging the universe. You think you're this big gun. I want a new washing machine and I want it within 24 hours. I mean, it sounds like a right brat, but I said it from this place of power and creation and 
bring me this washing machine. Anyway, <laughs> I had a chance, com- well, not chance, com- I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine at the time. And I was going, you wouldn't believe it. The washing machine's broken. I'm really, really annoyed. I was like, actually, that's really weird. By chance, I've just had a conversation with my boss and they're getting rid of their old washing machine. I was like, no. <laughs> And they said, yeah, and they can't wait to get out of the house. Um, you know, and they can d- probably deliver it later on today. I'll double check. But, you know, would that be suitable? I'm like, oh, my God, yes. And I got all excited, thinking this universe is amazing. And anyway, the washing machine came. And as I got off- offloaded off the truck, I was just like, oh, my God, what on earth is that thing? <laughs> it was as old as Moses. Seriously, it had the biggest dials I'd ever seen. And I thought, well, I'm just so grateful because it means I can get some washing done. So anyway, we put it in in place. It really didn't suit me or my style of the kitchen, but the gratitude for it was way beyond anything else because of the situation. But also I was in awe, like this stuff really works. Anyway, I called it Fred. It had a name. I'd never named a washing machine before, but just because of its, you know, uh, sheer age I felt that it warranted having some kind of honorable respect and being named and three three and it had a laugh to myself because later on I read more in the secret about being specific I was like that's what happened I just said bring me a washing machine and that's exactly what the universe did it brought me a washing machine so anyway next time Fred Fred didn't last for very long after that I think I got about three months out of Fred but it was really good because now I knew that I needed to be specific so I said to the universe right universe I would like a new washing machine. I would like it to be no more than a year old. I would like it to be a really good make. And I want this washing machine to last me many, many years. And so it is. It is done. And anyway, (laughs) had another conversation. And in actual fact, weirdly enough, it was with the same person whose mother had one in the garage that wasn't being used. It was a because she didn't like it. It was a Zanussi. It was no more than a year old. And it lasted me for eight long years and I got it for free and it was delivered to my house within around about 48 hours or something like that. So that was a great lesson for me. So it's very important that we are specific within what we want, but also to be able to have flexibility that we may have a vision of something we want, but the universe may have something even better. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's such an amazing example. And this person sounds like they're the, uh, the washing machine genie. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. What's all that about? It's like, <laughs> I know it's so amazing. Anyway, so I thought I would share that. So your great examples and some examples, I think we've covered some really, really interesting topics today. You know, like we just for today, I'm going to absolutely trust that the universe has my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's really, really important to do the deeper work. Uh, within this. So don't just expect to do affirmations and visualizations and expect things to come our way, but also reminding ourselves not to be in that waiting pool energy. And I think we've kind of covered everything in that in that brief summary. Absolutely. I, I would just I'd like to add one more point. I just say I just say just sit with your desire and just Ask yourself why, very gently, why do you really want it? And you may be surprised as to what comes up for you because you might find out that you don't want it or you want it for entirely different reasons to what you initially thought. And I love that. And I think that that's really powerful, deeper awareness and deeper inquiry. Is this coming from a place of fear? Is this coming from a place of need or lack or desperation? And you know what? It's okay if it does. It's not that there's anything wrong. It just indicates where the healing, where there's an opportunity for learning, healing and growth to take place and to wherever possible, when you do uncover 
those kind of feelings of need or worry or fear is not to then continue with the manifestation until those are resolved. Yes, absolutely. Jonathan, it has been absolutely amazing. Will you come back on again? Oh, I'd be delighted if you want to have me back. Of yes, course. Please. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Listeners, give us the heads up. Let us know. Send me an email, solar at solarastar.com. Any questions you might have, any comments on the show today. And Jonathan will absolutely be back. We're actually going to start our own podcast in due course. And we are going to be discussing absolutely everything what may be considered conspiracy theory or fact our views and thoughts whether the earth is round or flat we are going to be having some very interesting deep and entwined conversations so jonathan thanks again i'm on behalf of the listeners as well i'm sure we've got a huge amount from the wisdom that you have shared today oh thank you so much for having me and it's been an absolute delight And we'll have you back super, super soon. For now, I'm going to love and leave you. We've got a lovely bank holiday here in the UK. The sun is actually shining. Hallelujah. What's the weather like where you are, Jonathan? As you said that, you would not believe the sun literally just slipped out from behind the cloud. You are the sun genie. I love it. I am the sun genie. So we'll be back with you same time next week and we'll be discussing more things manifesting. In the meantime, take care for now and bye-bye from both of us. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Solara Star will be back next week with great insights into the law of attraction. In the meantime, please visit solarastar.com.